Welcome to the Young Adult in Ministry Podcast, the Yamcast, where we talk about everything the church needs to know and some things you don't need to know about failing forward in young adult ministry. We are starting these monthly podcasts with a discussion about the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, and anything else we feel like. Hi, my name is Kenny. I'm from Boise, Idaho. My name is Jeremy, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm I'm Chris from Cincinnati, Ohio. And here we go. Chapter book time. Yeah, well, I think that's a a perfect example of something that is from the first of the two chapters we're going to talk about today, talking about like the focused communication rather than shotgun uh, communication. Do you mean in our book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, Jeremy? Yeah, this one. That's the one. I don't know why I just did Sports Center sound effect. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a spot-on sound effect, I know. but I got a rush. Yeah, we've been, we've been looking uh, through this book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, by Mark DeBries and Scott Pontier. And the first half of the book is look, looking at six mistakes that can be made in young adult ministry. So we have went through those in previous episodes of the Young Adult Ministry podcast. And then I've been working through six paradoxes as kind of like tools and uh, concepts that should be considered in young adult ministry. And so we're looking at, it's chapter 14, paradox chapter six, four, which is 14 and 15 this week, right? Yes. yes. And let me just, yeah. let me add this, Jeremy. I'm taking the previous episodes we've done and just grabbing the book discussion content and putting those on little like podcast at, podcast episode packages so if somebody wanted to get the book or just wanted to listen to those things and grab some of that they could um so chapter 14 paradox six attract young adults to your church by sending them away what how do you do that yeah this This is a hard one i was gonna say chris you you share your wisdom with us (laughs) well I yeah th- there's part of me as I was reading this chapter that just completely embraces the uh frustration uh you know of because a lot of times the way we do ministry and the way I did youth ministry for years and then you try to translate that into college and young adult ministry is kind of programmatic it's kind of based on attendance like it you need people to show up for this to be successful kind of stuff and so it's you know, he really makes the point of saying, like, why do we keep gearing ministry towards this mythical uh, creature of like a young adult who stays put and plugs in and does um, that kind of kind of ministry. So uh, trying to go into kind of your planning around young adult ministry with this idea that yeah, they're more mobile, they're transient, they might not be around for, you know, the next 10 years. Um, so fine, let's work with that. You know, let's leverage some of the, uh, some of the positives around that, you know? So anyway, um, and there's, you know, a little bit of a bullet list of some, some things we could talk about. Um, but I would say one that, that Kenny had just meant, you know, touched on was the communication thing. And I think, you know, I've, I've had times and seasons where I just think, or I hope by just blasting out emails or blasting out an announcement um, from the platform or, 
you know, putting a slide up on a screen, you know, occasionally. Some of those ways in which we just communicate to the crowd just doesn't work. And so one-on-one, -on -one, um, and several times throughout this book, I think he's really done a good job of focused on this thing that um, if you want to be more effective in young adult ministry, you have to spend time with young adults and, and, and take that even one notch, you know, further, so to speak, is you have to spend time with a young adult, you know, um, so it's not just a group think or a group experience, but focusing on communicating to the one, you know, whether it's a text to an actual individual college student or young adult, engage them in conversation, uh, looking them in the eye, conversations face-to-face -face whenever that's possible. Uh, so this whole focus on one-on-one -on -one relational, uh, you know, think small, like don't, don't think about you know, he makes the point about no more stadium events, but smaller cohort types of things. Uh, and again, this to me could be one of the benefits we'll look back on from the pandemic season is that it has forced the church to get a little bit away from big event style ministry to cohort, smaller group, intimate, um, you know, kind of settings. And then with the sending ministry idea, he, he says, think of it as a flowing ministry. So they're kind of flowing through in, in relationship, which is, which is where young adults a lot, I mean, in the twenties, it's kind of where you're at. It happens other times in life too. Um, but it's creating space for young adults to flow through our churches in ways that are life-giving for them and for us, instead of it seen just as a, as a diminished value, the young adults are just going to be here for a little bit and then they're going to go do something else to see, to embrace that uh, as a kingdom imperative of sending. I really like that. I like that, that judo move there um, that, that is maybe, um, you know, non-intuitive of um, you're not going to be around for a while. So let's spend some time together because I'd like to get to know you a little bit and hear what God's doing in your life and just being, be an encouragement to you. Um, and then there was, there was another one in here where he talked about young adults being more likely to invite their friends to kind of a smaller grouping and a, and a one-off event rather than a weekly meeting that's been happening for years and years and years. I think of the senior adult Sunday school class that they've been meeting for 50 years on Sunday mornings at this time. And this is, this is how we do it and what we do. And who's going to be our teacher this week, pastor? Who are you going to have teach us? Because we, this is what we do. You know, and there's there's positive things to that, but it but it, it's hard to break into a peer group that's super tight, and and you know, and as it and as I sat around with those older young adults, um, at Chili's, you know, eating appetizers last last Wednesday, which was great. Like this is this is a great ministry for me. Um, I was just thinking, this is we're having totally different conversations than I would with college age students. And young adults that are in that college age that are working or trying to figure out what to do next. And so I need to break down the smaller conversations to contextualize, to hear where they're at and then what they're interested in to invest in that relationally while I'm, while I'm around them. Also in this chapter, I had, I had, Oh, it's the next chapter. It's chapter 15. I, I have a deep insight for the next chapter when we're ready to go there. Well, let's get there in one minute. I, I'll just say this because I think you guys summed up some of the main points and applications of this chapter well. The six key shifts that he talks about are ones that I think were very pertinent and timely 
in 2019, but in the time of COVID, like these are almost all essential. As you said, Chris, that this like works, these shifts kind of work really well for a, pan a pandemic where it's, you know, small, talking to small groups instead of large groups, focusing on an individual over a, a group, looking at the, the short term instead of the long term, shifting from brilliant messages to transfer, transformational environments, that these are all different ways for us to engage in young adult ministry that might have been like unique and interesting several months ago, but now six months into this pandemic, it's kind of the, depending on where we live in the world and in the United States, kind of like what is essential. That doesn't make it necessarily like any more important. I think it's equally important. Like it worked then, it works now. It'll work at whatever point we get to post-COVID that the the small group, the focused, the the relationship building rather than the event is is what will continue to, to be important, which I think speaks to moving to, to chapter 15, one of the main points of that chapter, which is approaching ministry with young adults from an, a, a perspective of it being long obedience in the same direction. Uh, the chapter title of 15 is, I don't know, dot, 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 yet practicing the long obedience, that this is relationship-based and requires a willingness to, to be in it for the long haul. I, one of the, I'll, I'll say this, and then Kenny, I want to hear your deep wisdom, is I heard someone talking about the Great Commission recently, and they were saying how when, when Christ said to go and make disciples of all nations, he didn't stop there. He said, you know, teaching them everything that I've shown and taught you that discipleship isn't just about an evangelism track and praying a well-worded prayer and making a disciple in that way. No, a disciple is somebody who picks up all of the traits of the one that they're following or the one that's being taught about to them. And that for, a dis for those first disciples to go and make other disciples, you can't dispel everything that you've experienced from three years living and walking and ministering alongside Jesus in like one conversation if you're making a disciple, it's, it's for the long haul. You got to live it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Acts, Acts 17, Paul, Mars Hill. Do I got the right chapter? Is that right? I like Acts 16 too, but Acts 17. And he, you know, he points out the unknown God, but he, he, we accepted as scripture, but there's these quotation marks in your Bible where Paul is quoting the poets of his day. And, and they, they are not a part of the canon of scripture, but they became a part of our canon once Paul said them. So it was, it was a revelation for me to realize that every time I've talked about a long obedience in the same direction, I thought I was quoting Eugene Peterson and it was actually Frederick Nietzsche. Um, apparently haven't read enough of, of Nietzsche to know that that's what I was doing, but I thought that was kind of cool, you know, um, and also very dismantling for me. But I got it back together again. But that whole long obedience, the same direction has so many applications in life and ministry. Uh, but with young adults, we have to have that. I have to have that, but it's also very seasonal. And I talked about that with our older young adults around the table last Wednesday of just, you guys, you're different places and you're doing different stuff and you're doing cool stuff. You're gonna do this for a while. 
but maybe you're going to move on. Some of you are already planning to move on to someplace else. Um, but we want to have this time together and invest in each other while, while we have this time together. We can have a long obedience in the same direction while the faces and relationships and, and um, the, the people's obedience to God is, is changing, but they know that we're there. Um, and we can, be a, we can be a constant in that and make sure that our churches, that we've, I don't know, cut a groove, make, blaze that trail. That the, the, all the young adults that are part of your church, Chris, I can't help but think that all of the investment that you made as a young adult pastor back in the day, has, that has to be part of the legacy of that, um, that they are young adults now that are part of that church. They're different young adults. I mean, it's long enough now that, I mean, those people might have kids now. We don't know, Chris. Um, but Grandkid. because someone was doing young adult ministry, then there's the capacity and capability of young adult ministry happening now in new ways within our church bodies. I'm trying to think like that. And I'm thanking these older young adults for paving the way in working this out together and, and thinking up things and being creative and finding out how we can help our church connect young adults to the body of Christ and to each other relationally to point each other to Christ. And, and that they're leading, they're leading the way today for the young adults that are coming after them tomorrow and, and how significant that is. Yeah. We'd just like to thank all you former young adults for allowing us to make, you know, the first six chapters worth of mistakes that we learned about in sustainable so young adult grateful. ministry. Uh, yeah. We just owe you a huge debt of gratitude. Um, Some of these people I youth pastored. Now they're coming back around for more. Yeah, I don't know what that says, but I like it. Yeah. Um, hey, just to give some more Nietzsche love, I think sometimes, yeah, Nietzsche is very misunderstood and he's just equated as, you know, um, the impetus for Hitler's regime or, you know, God's dead. Atheism. Uh, just know. atheism. Yeah, yeah. But even his, even his phrase, you know, God's dead was basically his critique of uh, the current kind of Christian culture that he the observed. But anyway, Nietzsche's pretty fascinating. So I, I love that he gets credit here for uh, this long obedience thing, which, yeah, I first heard from Eugene Peterson. But um, um, and I think this is good, like individually as well as corporately. So the long obedience thing, I thought it was interesting that the author said when they, when they work with the church to kind of guide them into, you know, creating a young adult ministry, I mean, it's like a five-year process, a five-year horizon. Uh, and I think most people in churches just, you know, we're like, hey, we'll give this three or six months. And if nothing happens, you know. I guess it's not going to work. But it takes um, a lot of college students five years to get through their university education. You got to plan for I the think super it's senior. A great, I think it's a great perspective to keep in mind, you know, as young adult ministry folks and as churches and leaders and stuff like that, that it does take a long, consistent um, process. Um, but I think one of the things we do to really help young adults as we send them and disciple them is to help them see the journey of faith is a long obedience in the same direction yeah. that there's not one event or experience or conversation or whatever that's going to seal the deal or equate to their spiritual success but it is a long series of um, good conversations and community and relationships and um faith kind of crises that you navigate together with the Holy Spirit. I mean, life is this long journey, you know, of faith. And so, yeah, sometimes I feel like I need to help, help somebody see 
like they don't have to figure everything out with their career, their vocation, their faith, yeah. like today, like life is a process. There are some things that are urgent, um, but I think it's a healthy perspective uh, to get as soon as you can um, this long obedience thing. So, yeah, I thought there was good stuff here. And, uh, and also they kind of reiterate our little, our little phrase in the intro um, that faithful failing in the right direction almost always works. Um, and the next line is we call it dumb persistence. I got that in spades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, are we ready to take this thing out, Jeremy, or were you adding some more comments? Some other. I just I wanted to I wanted to say one final thing, uh, not necessarily as a wrap up, but to to brag on the two of you. I think the two of you embody the importance of this chapter and of what you guys have been talking about really well. That where you are geographically and where you guys have served in ministry are proof that when you are willing to serve God. For the long term to be obedient and to do so in, like in the same direction hmm. that the effectiveness that comes from that not effectiveness necessarily by business world Success. metrics but that the that the the fruit of the the ministry that you are each involved in and the lives that have been changed have not been solely because of the great people that you are but that because you've been willing to lay that at the throne of God and to serve in Boise, Idaho and Cincinnati, Ohio for the long term, even if that's looked maybe a little bit different in different ways over the years, like you guys inspire me and encourage me to want to be able to think in that long obedience mindset, not only in my faith journey with Christ, but also in ministry as well. So oh, Jeremy, thanks, just encourage man. you guys as well. Chris, were you the youth pastor at Springdale's? I was not. You were the young adult pastor. College and young adult pastor, but, yeah. But I, I mean, we've talked about this, but I'm just, I'm just like putting it together as Jeremy's saying it. We're both involved in young adult ministry at churches where we were formerly both on staff. Yeah. Like at some level, it's okay to keep us around and, and here's something nobody, you know, Oh, well, you guys are, you guys have got a lot of stuff going on with, with young adults. I feel like I've got so much to learn from you guys. I'm just grateful to be in the conversation with you. <laughs> so, well, that, I mean, that's an interesting observation. And again, yes, thank you, Jeremy, for kind words. Um, it has been interesting, you know, in my own life of going from 15-ish years of, of youth ministry to then 11 years now of college ministry of just needing to sometimes embrace a certain level of humility as you wrestle with what, you know, where you get your identity and, and um, you know, where you see results, um, validation, all those things, you know, um, ministry again, like the Enneagram is a good way to, um, to kind of do some self work um, and figure out, you know, and sometimes it does take a while before you, you learn some things about um, ministry. You also learn about how much you can do as a volunteer. Like you don't have to be the, the, the man, so to speak, or to be, you know, whatever. Um, it is kind of fun to be a part of a church where you feel the freedom and the, uh, you know, the ability to, to volunteer and to contribute, um, 
and that not necessarily be your, you know, your paycheck or your main thing or whatever. But yeah. Outro boys. Mm. Yeah. You ready for it? Let's get out of here. Here we go. Until next time. Hey, keep failing forward. Be present. Be teachable. And be flexible. And try something new. Sounds good. Let's do it. See you.